All right, so good morning. Welcome to the remix, right? Week three. Let me just say right up front to all the dads, happy Father's Day. We love dads. We also recognize that today can be a little difficult for people who maybe your dad wasn't around or, um, well, maybe your dad was hard to be around, right? But we want to say this, collectively speaking, our country is better because of dads. Fathers, they, they shape us. Fathers mold us. They, they help us become who we are. They help us find our place in the world. They impact us. They teach us things that we can never forget. And I'm not just talking about dad jokes, right? They actually shape us. They share things that we never forget. Um, sometimes they tell us things that um, we remember. Sometimes they just do things that we remember. And every now and then, I feel like dads, when their babies are born, like they get some secret dad manual right because it seems like a lot of dads say the same things here's here's some things that i bet you've heard your dad say well when i was your age you ever heard that and they fill it in whatever they want to say and here's some of that i bet you'll even in your homes right now in your on your couches you'll turn to each other i bet you'll finish what i'm getting ready to say here's a couple right here here we go a little dirt never hurt anyone right um go ask your mother were you raised in a barn? You don't even know what hard work is. How about when something really bad happened in your life and you went to your dad hoping he would like maybe just grab you and hug you and tell you it's going to be okay? And instead he said this, it builds character, right? These are things that dad would say, don't make me stop this. Yeah, car, you're grounded till you're 30. Money doesn't grow on trees. And I know you have heard your dad say this because I said so. Listen, there's also uncommon wisdom, things that maybe one dad says to his son or his daughter, and then later on all of us hear about it and we go, man, that's really good. I, I found this quote from Dr. Phil, Phil McGraw, you know who that is. He said this, my dad used to say, you wouldn't worry so much about what people thought about you if you knew how seldom they did. Michael Jordan's dad, used to tell him it was never too late to do anything he wanted to do. And then he said this, you never know what you can accomplish until you try. I mean, this is what dads do for us. They, they offer us wisdom. Sometimes they give it to us in words. Sometimes they give it to us by example. I'm sure that you have found yourself saying and doing things that your dad did and said. This is how they are. They pour into us. And this brings us to our next topic in the Remix series, and that is creeds now this is going to be at least a two-part message right we'll do one part today we'll do the next part next sunday but this is all about creeds we want we want to like learn what they are um, what's the point of creeds and so this morning as we are standing here recording um in what's going to be an awesome park in the town of new london it's still under construction right they've, they've got some foundation poured and i want you to think about creeds like that creeds are the foundation that we're able to build our lives on. Just like your dad gave you wisdom and you've built your life on it, you've seen his example and you've followed it as you built your own life, creeds help us do that. So let's just jump right in this morning and we're gonna answer that very first question, what is a creed? So when I say creed, what I don't mean is Creed the movie, which was a good movie, or Creed the band, which, depending on your musical taste, pretty good, right? When I say creeds, what I mean are these are these things that the early church formulated 
to um, they've been around in various forms through the years, but it was it was the early church's way to say like this is what matters the most. This is what's most important, and they might seem foreign to some of us. Maybe you uh, didn't grow up in a in the type of church that would use these creeds, and so some of you are like a creed. Would I even want to use that? What I want to show you this morning is when I explain to you what a creed is, you're going to realize you've already been using creeds your whole life. You just didn't know that you were. So if you look up the word creed in the dictionary, you'll find a couple definitions, and here's two of them. Number one, a brief authoritative formula of religious belief. It can also mean a set of fundamental beliefs and then it can mean a guiding principle so that last definition a guiding principle that's what i want you to see that's kind of like what we're talking about those the things that dad's taught us right so think about one of those phrases that your dad taught you he said money doesn't grow on trees now what we know is that guiding principle doesn't teach us everything we need to know about finances but it's a starting it's something that we can all agree on and so when we use that guiding principle and we build our financial life on it it gives us a great starting point that all of us can agree on what I know is this if you adopt the philosophy that money doesn't grow on trees it's gonna change the way you spend because money's not limitless it's gonna make you think before you get rid of the money that you have you're gonna think about what you're purchasing you're gonna appreciate the value of the dollar a little bit more because you understand that, hey, I can't go out in the backyard and just pick some more off a tree and spend it, right? So your, your dad gives you this guiding principle. That's what a creed is. He gives you this guiding principle. And if you know that principle, it's not like a comprehensive thing, but you know enough to know the foundation and the fundamentals. So creeds were never meant to be, um, they were meant to be clear, they were meant to be common, but they weren't necessarily meant to be comprehensive, right? So you take a whole bunch of stuff and you boil it down into what matters the most. They don't explain everything that there is to know, but they help us learn everything that we need to know. Here's how I said it in the big idea. It's gonna rhyme, you're gonna groan. Think of it like a dad, dad saying, right? Here we go. When we heed the creed, and to heed something means to pay attention to it, when we heed the creed, we'll have what we need. In the same way, it's that, it's that same sense of how the, the, the wisdom our dads gave us, the creeds are kind of like that, right? Except that we're talking about the early church fathers, right? Let me give you a, a couple more broad points about what creeds are, and then we're going to close this morning out giving you like three examples of what creeds could look like in our lives. So creeds are a touchstone. I didn't know what a touchstone was. I've been to movies, I've seen like touchstone productions, but a touchstone is literally a stone that you, right, touch. I've, you probably complete that for me. A touchstone is a stone that you touch. It's something you keep coming back to over and over again. So as long as you can touch that stone, that stone never moves. As long as you can touch it, it helps reorient you to where you are. So it, it keeps you grounded to something that doesn't move, even as you're navigating out maybe into waters that kind of do move, right? A touchstone, that's kind of like, like creeds are. They bring us back to what matters the most. They help us keep what matters most in view. They're like a rallying cry. They're um, kind of like this something we could say and no matter what's going on in our lives no matter how much debate there might be currently in a in a in a political climate or in a social climate or in a social media climate they bring us back 
to what matters the most. That's the function of creeds. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And let me give you three quick examples, um, two from real life and then one from the Bible, just to show you how creeds work. So one, I'm going to use my mom for an example. Not all of you knew my mom. Some of you did. But some of you didn't realize this, that whenever we were growing up, my mom, she loved to eat. She loved to fix meals. We would have these big family dinners. And as we got older and as we started moving away and having kids, we'd be gone. So when we came back for meals, the fact that we were together, and if you're a parent with older children, you know this is true. When the kids come back and you're spending time together, man, you cherish those times. And so when we would get together, I can remember still standing around the table holding hands and somebody would pray, usually my father, and when the prayer was over, my mom would start to sing. I'm not gonna sing for you this morning, it's okay. But she would sing what we know as the doxology. It's praise God from whom all blessings flow. And if you've been in church, if you've been like in a, in a traditional setting of a church, you've probably heard this, but she would sing the doxology and as soon as we got done singing it, we're all holding hands and my family started doing this crazy thing where we'd start swinging our hands and going, how happy we are, how happy we are, how happy to be together. And all together we'd throw our hands up and everybody would go crazy and stuff and then we'd, then we'd eat. That became something that we loved. It's cheesy, you know, but we would come together at Christmas, at Thanksgiving um, for, for special days like birthdays and we'd all get together. We'd come from various cities where we lived and anytime the family was together and anytime somebody prayed, my mom would sing the doxology and then we would do that little crazy happy thing with our hands and go nuts, right? And, and when my mom passed away, we, we, we did it. At, at when mom died and Steven, my brother died at their funerals. Like we found ourselves doing that. It became kind of who we are. It was cheesy, but it was a way of remembering like family matters more than anything else. Another example of a creed. This is a two word creed that you'll hear any given Sunday in the fall at Bank of America Stadium. Keep pounding, right? That came from Sam Mills. He was a player for the Panthers and then he became a coach and then he fought cancer. And in a speech, he told the team like, you keep fighting, I'm gonna keep fighting, we're gonna keep pounding. And the team adopted that, right? And they said, hey, that's gonna be our motto. In our context, that's kind of what a creed is like. It's a unifying, rallying cry. It's like, look, a lot of things can happen and there's a lot of stuff that we could disagree on. We might not agree on whether or not Cam Newton should have been let go or not. We might not agree on whether we should have a new coach or not. We might not even agree on team colors, but when we hear the phrase, keep pounding, if you're a Panthers fan, it's like, forget all that stuff because there's business to take care of. And that's a lot of what creeds are about. They bring us back from our differences to what matters the most. And in this remix, a creed is actually the way that we can come together around the most important things that we agree on, even if we don't agree on everything. One last example, this is from scripture. This is Ephesians chapter four. We read this last week. So let's just talk through the first six verses. The first three verses are gonna give us the context and the last three are gonna give us the creed. So here we go, verse one. Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So in the context, this is all about our lives and how we're supposed to live them. Verse two, be completely humble and patient. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. In other words, have you noticed that when you start to live your life, if other people are a part of it, that's the verse that we need. In the New Living Translation, it actually says to make allowances for one another. I love that. Verse three, 
It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, Paul says, we're all talking about living our lives for the Lord. We're going to live our lives together with other people, and they're going to bump up against us, and we're going to need to have some grace and some peace. And the goal is, verse 3, that we would have unity, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And how do we do that? Verses 4 through 6, he says, there's one body, there's one Spirit. You were called to one hope. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. He gives us seven ones that we can sink our teeth into and say, we might not all agree on how that spirit operates, but we can all agree that there's one spirit, right? We can all agree on these seven ones. And for the, for the church in Ephesus, this became a creed, right? Like, look, we need to have patience with each other because we might not always agree on how things are going to operate, but we can all agree on this. And what is a creed? A creed is something that you and I can agree on. We don't have to agree on everything, but it's something that you and I can agree on. When we heed the creed, we'll have what we need. When you read the rest of Paul's letters, you'll see right away that a lot of times the early church disagreed on a lot of stuff. They disagreed on, you know, like how the church should operate. They disagreed on like, exactly how we should get along one, one with another, but they never disagreed on those seven things. Those are seven things that they could absolutely go to the mat for every single time. That creed unified them. Here's what I know. Not every Panthers fan is going to agree on what happened with Cam Newton. Not everyone in my family thought that we should have done that crazy after the prayer chant at the funeral. And not every believer is going to agree on how the spirit moves or how the body functions, but all of us can agree with what it means to keep pounding. All of us can agree with what it means to function as a family together. And all of us can agree that as Paul said, there is one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. And that's what matters most, that you and I would yield to that Father and let Him have His way in our lives. That is what creeds do. Forget about all the stuff we don't agree on and focus on the things that we do. And when we heed the creed, we'll have all that we need. We might not have all, but we'll have all that we need.
Father, thank you so much for those right now that as they've heard that song have just said, God, I want to yield my heart. You know, this country, God, the things that we're facing right now, we recognize this. We have an enemy, and he wants to divide us, God. It's like he wants to put a wedge in there and get out his sledgehammer and just keep hitting at that thing and making the wedge and the divide get bigger and bigger. And I'm so thankful, God, that you have given us creeds you know that we're going to learn about in the coming weeks, but this creed that we read this morning in Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6, just these touch tones where we can come back together and say, you know what, this is what matters the most. And God, as we have yielded our heart to you, we just say, Lord, lead us, Lord, guide us back to that place where we stand arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, God, united against this enemy who wants to divide and united on bringing your glory to our church and to our city, God. I thank you so much for it. In your name, Jesus, amen. Listen, it's been great having you with us this morning. It's very possible that as I was teaching earlier and as I was praying right now, that you have been moved in your heart and wanted to trust Jesus. And so I just wanna invite you to get in touch with us. The information is below right now of how you can send us a keyword and text that to us at this number so that we can stay in touch with you. We can't wait to meet you in real life and start this journey with Jesus and you so that he can be glorified in our lives. We pray you have a fantastic week. Hey, and don't leave, right? As soon as I say amen and the logo fades away, I'm popping right back on to Facebook Live to give away some gift cards. Some six dads are gonna walk away with $50 gift cards. You're going to love it. So don't go away, stay right there. I'll be right back. Have a great week. Thank you.